Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? Are you okay? I'm certainly better than I was last week. I can now see out of both eyes. Um, my neck is still very sore uh, and shoulders, but no, much improved from last week. That was a disaster, wasn't it? Let's, let's be honest. But this week is not a disaster, although there is something quite significantly serious to tell you. Just, you know, just pause, take a moment Gather yourself and just prepare yourself for this news. My coffee machine is broken. And when I called them up, they said, we're ever so sorry. It's going to be 10 working days until we can get your replacement. 10. Let's, let's just focus. Let's just focus on that. Philippa with her coffee for 10 working days. That's just uh, that's just a scaredy cat's way of saying, look, it's going to be at least two weeks or more. Ten working days. That means nothing. That's just putting it off from actually admitting how many days I am going to be without coffee. It's it's very serious, I think. Forget forget passing out last week. This is way worse, I think. But this week, oh, well, so, OK, let's give you a bit of background before I was just about to go on the books then because they're in beautiful colour order. Very pleased with myself this week. But anyway, so this week, um, one child is back at school. Hooray! Uh, other child starts on Monday, which is very good. Um, and so... So, and so in, within a few days, I'm recording this on Saturday. Um, so in 48 hours time, I can't actually believe this. The house will be quiet. It will just be me and the dog and I'll be working. And the dog will be sleeping. So there'll be silence. Oh, I just it's very exciting. I, I It's been a long time coming because one child finished GCSE. So they were off from... June, early June. So I'm three months into this school summer holiday. You know, there should be a, some sort of medal, I think. Forget running half marathons, marathons. There should be awards for surviving summer holidays. But anyway, let's get on to these books. So I've got five really interesting, different, thought-provoking, some of them books to talk to you about. And I, it's pure fluke. I don't know how this has happened. But you're, you must look, you must, I'm telling you what to do. You must look on Twitter or Instagram at the photos uh, for this week because you will see that there's lovely blues and blacks of the of the spines of the books that I've chosen. So there we go. 
Now, let's get on to what books they are. So the first book, now this is different, but bear with me on this. Um, There's No Such Thing as Naughty by Kate Silverton. And we're getting Kate on the programme today. On the programme? What? Have I moved from doing podcasts to radio? We're getting Kate on the podcast a little bit later on, and I'm really excited to talk to her because this is a fascinating book. Can I just stop you there? No, I am not pregnant. I am not expecting another child. That, no, 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 no. I'm shaking my head a lot as I say that. But I'll tell you more about that in a little bit. So the next book after that I'm going to be reviewing is one called Bullet Train by Kotaro Isaka. Then we've got Hostage by Claire McIntosh. Then The Supreme Lie by Geraldine McCorian. And then Worst Idea Ever by Jane Fallon. So quite a few to get on with. As I say, very different. The Supreme Lie is a YA. Um, we've got, well, just a whole variety. Anyway, let's start with Kate. So this book just made me sit up as soon as I heard about it, because a book that's about looking after children, how to raise your children, that's called There's No Such Thing as Naughty. As a parent, it makes me think, well, that's not right, because I've seen plenty of naughty behaviour in my children. Um, And it is aimed particularly for parents with children aged up to five. Um, But on reading it, it just makes you realise that actually a lot of what children do or the way they react, it isn't that they are deliberately trying to be naughty. It's because something has happened to them, maybe that day, maybe a different day. They're experiencing something that is causing them to react in a way because they don't know how else to handle it. They 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 haven't got the, the emotional toolkit that we're allegedly supposed to have when we get to our ripe old age. Um, And I thought it was really interesting. And actually, now, I'm not going to uh, tell this to the family. It's just between you and me, okay? But it's fair to say that I took a couple of points from this book and used them with the eldest child who uh, was upset about something. and, And it worked. So I was quite... I was quite intrigued about that. And I really want to talk to Kate because I want to obviously find out more about the book um, and about what made her want to to write this right now. Um, But also what's going to what does she recommend for uh, children over five? Because I'm quite keen to know, because clearly this woman knows a thing or two about looking after children. So the sooner she can come out with a book for, shall we say, 12 to 17 year olds, that would be great. Um, Anyway. So I'll read you the premise of the book. It's a long one, so settle down. Want to know the secret to tackling tantrums and tears, stopping squabbles in seconds and lay the foundations for your child's good mental health in the process? In There's No Such Thing as Naughty, Mum to Two Young Children, journalist and children's mental health advocate Kate Silverton shares her groundbreaking new approach to parenting under fives that helps to make family life so much easier and a lot more fun. Kate's unique strategies, easy to follow scripts and simple techniques will enable you to manage those tricky everyday challenges with ease and help you to enjoy the strongest bond possible with your child, both now and in the years ahead. 
endorsed by leading figures in the field of children's mental health. At the heart of the book is a simple way to understand how your child's brain develops and how it influences their behaviour. Rooted in the latest science, explained really simply, this engaging, accessible and warm parenting guide will redefine how you see and raise your children with a new understanding that for under fives, there can be no such thing as naughty. Now, I know I always do first sentences. This is going to be a little bit tricky. Actually, well, do I read the introduction? Because I think it's a very meaningful introduction. Um, but no, actually. OK, so if you get this book, read the introduction. Obviously, you will read the introduction because if you've got the book, you're going to read it. I don't know what I'm saying. See, this is what happened. So as we said, if you get the book, do read the introduction. It's very meaningful. So this is the first sentence of part one. I believe we are best served as parents when we are able to step inside the minds of our children to really understand how they think and what drives their behaviour. Um, I thought this was a great book. And if I hear of anybody expecting or with a young child and sort of going through it, um, I think this is a great book because personally, I found I found having young children really, really hard. I was used to having a washing machine where there's an error code. And if it says error 30, I could look it up in a book and it would tell me what's wrong. And children, funnily enough, it's not like that. And a lot of the time you're trying to do your best, but you don't know what that should be. And um, things like the naughty step and all sorts of things you're taught are, are a good approach. And a lot of the books that I would order, you, you can imagine how many books I ordered when I found out I was pregnant and, and expecting. But a lot of them are about systems and, uh, you know, how what hour your child should be fed, waked, uh, what, it, what hour it should sleep. My children completely ignored those books. Um, and so it was I just wish I'd had this sort of book when I was expecting, um, because I do think it would have it would have helped me see a different route to take. Um, and it's very clearly set out. So even if you, you know, you you wake up and uh, you're very groggy and you're dealing with young children and you're tired, it can give you some simple solutions, as the, as the sort of blurb hinted at. Um, so you don't need to feel uh, like you've had lots of coffee, which, of course, I don't at the moment. You don't need to feel at your best to read it. It's not a, an uber technical book. Um, it's a very helpful one and not honest um, and just interesting. So, yeah, if you know someone who's expecting or got young kids, I think this would be a really helpful book for them. Um, but I think really we should talk to Kate to find out more now. So, Kate Silverton, author of There's No Such Thing as Naughty, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's so lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, we had to have you on. My goodness. I mean, such such a thought-provoking book. I mean, we'll, we'll come on to it, but let, let's start with the real basics. What made you want to write this book? Oh, so many things. I think it had been in my head for so many years, uh, really, since becoming a mum myself, mm -hmm. because... I have my my academic background is in um, psychology and I had since becoming a mum, I'd really been fascinated about why our children do what they do. And I've been lucky enough to have access to some of the world's leading psychiatrists, neuroscientists, psychotherapists. 
And when I was speaking to them just about my sort of academic work and my studies, because I have been training to become a children's counsellor and I'm going on to become a child psychotherapist. So as part of all my studies and as part of just being a mum myself, what I was learning blew me away. Mm. And, and I thought, wow, this, what I'm learning, it, it explains so much about my behaviour, about my children's behaviour. And if there's just a way of explaining it to other people, I'm sure it could help other parents as well, because we all know in the modern age, parenting can be quite tough, uh, not least mm. in the current climate that we've had. And so, you know, I wrote the book really going into it last year's lockdown. And um, I just I'm passionate about it. And I'm passionate as a journalist about disseminating information, democratizing knowledge, as it were, mm. um, just so that everyone can understand it. I've worked with a lot of parents um, in with the charities that I, I work with and volunteer for, and they were saying to me, the science is amazing, but we just need it in a really easily accessible way because we don't have time to sit there and read all the, you know, books. Yes. So that was really the impetus is just to sort of convey what I had learned as a mom, as a journalist, as someone who's studying psychotherapy um, and has had psychotherapy. So just really distilling all of that down into something that made sense to other mums, dads and, um, and, and, and inevitably just to ultimately to help children themselves to be better understood. Yes, uh, quite. And I found certainly when I was first pregnant, I would buy every book possible. And yet there was nothing like this. There's, there seems to be such a huge gap in the, the type of book that, that's been written. It feels it's a book that's really needed and of its time. Did you get a sense of that as you were writing it? Well, thank you. That's an enormous compliment. I I, I hoped that's what it would be. I don't have a sort of what I would call an intellectual brain. I'm very curious and I, I, I want to understand things, the nuts and bolts of stuff. So when you're learning about neuroscience and, you know, I was looking at all these big labels, the cerebellum, the amygdala, and I was, oh, you know, and it took me, it burned my brain to really understand it myself. And I think I'm just passionate. Again, maybe that's why I became a journalist of just getting information out there. Because I think when we can see that there's science behind this, mm. when we understand the science, we're able to parent using our own intuition. Um, and that's the thing is that you either have books that say, well, do this and do that. And then you kind of go, oh, that might be against my sort of gut instincts in this. Yeah. Well, once you understand how your child's brain works, as it, as it were, and develops, and how we respond in certain situations, particularly the stressful ones, then it becomes really easy to parent because mm. you can cut through all the oh, what ifs and whys and, you know, why is my child doing it? And go, ah, oh, I know why you're doing that because your brain at this moment is less developed than my own. And therefore I can engage with you in a way that you're going to respond to and that I find is amazing because it just gets results in seconds. So I think it did feel very special to write it in that way. And I wanted something that was really easy to understand that made sense to mm. me, I think very visually. So, and I love Africa. So this concept of the <laughs> lizard the baboon the wise owl all sitting in this wonderful baobab tree and all sort of interacting with each other is how our brains I mean I've obviously distilled it right down and very simplistically for the neuroscientists listening um you know I have made it very but but it's hard science at its heart it's got sort of scientific heft as as, as we might say 
And you deliberately break the book down in, into very clear chapters. And as you've mentioned, you wanted to make it approachable for anybody that they could just pick it up and, and get the gist of, of what you were saying. But when you've got an idea, a concept for a book in your mind, and then you come to actually write it, was it quite a challenge to cut out so much of the more technical information? Yes. <laughs> I, it was my first book. And um you know, there was just this element where obviously I didn't want to be neglecting my own children in the process. There'll be some deep irony in that. So I found myself really burning the candle at both ends, you know, there and present for them during the day. And then I would be out, you know, at five in the morning or at midnight writing. Um, and yeah, you're right, because the and again, drawing upon my journalism, I guess, is that that's what I have to do in my everyday life is to take mm. great swathes of information and distill it right down into a sort of a two minute package or something. Um, and so there was that. But it did take it. it, it I, I sort of use the expression, it burned my brain because it sometimes did feel a little bit like that. And uh, I think I rewrote chapter one about 17 times just because <laughs> uh, I, I, I sort of started off and I thought it's it's too it's too turgid. It's too stodgy. You know, I've got to get it down and get it down. And I, and I finally got it. But it did. Yeah. I mean, you know, for anyone that's written a book um, and you'll know um, it, it does. It's it's a lot. It's quite difficult yeah. to make things read simply. But I wanted it to be a page turner. I didn't want, you know, I'm a tired parent myself. I didn't want yeah. people picking it up going, oh, God, I've got to read this book. It's yes. like I want to pick it up and I can read this in two nights flat if I really sort of, uh, you know, I wanted it to be that page turner feel and just warm and welcoming and, you know, um, and and I, I yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled really with the feedback that it's had. And that's both from sort of in the professional circles, you know, the sort of pediatricians, psychiatrists, neuroscientific world, as well as the mums and dads that have reached out and emailed me. So it is, it's lovely. So thank you too for your, um, you know, compliments on that. Well, it, it's a very interesting book and and you're, I didn't feel like you were judging me as well. I felt like you were my friend and therefore I'm probably more receptive to the information that you're giving as well because of that, because it, it comes across in a warm understanding way which was which was great well, um, that's that's lovely to hear and and again that was I was really so you know that was in my head the whole time because none of us want a finger wagged at us over our parenting and I stress no. it over and over it's very important that there is no perfect parent and I wanted to give my experience in that regard because it's like look <laughs> I'm living it I'm yeah. doing it as well so I get it you know um so I'm glad that's that's how you uh, and I think you're absolutely right because certainly I strive to be the perfect parent and yet we we're all doing the very best we can but tools like this book can can help us along the way yes and I that, that again there was that element of um we're walking through it together I'm going to share my stories because I've been there this is what helped me and mm. again I think very practically so sort of when we talk about um, code red for communication or stop snot and just in those Sorry if there's banging. I've had to keep my door open for the Wi-Fi today and uh, there's somebody else doing building work. Um, so apologies if there is a bit of a, a hum. Um, but yeah, I wanted to give really practical tools and provide some sort of scripts and things like that. Because again, I know what it's like if you have a massive meltdown with your toddler or your six-year-old or even your 16-year-old in a public place. The first 
thing that happens is our own stress response goes up and then none of us are really thinking clearly. And we tend to, as I put in the book, we tend to think, oh, God, what, you know, I've done something wrong here. Like, why is my child the only one that's throwing a massive tantrum when I go to pick them up from um, from school or whatever? And and just to talk us through those processes of thinking that's OK, because that's just your stress brain, your baboon mm. kicking off. But you can wise owl it in those moments and you can think, no, it's OK. Well, I'm just going to take my child to a place that's quiet and we're going to sit here. And I know I'm going to have faith that in 20 seconds flat, we're going to be walking away hand in hand, chatting about the school day. And it is that it is that quick, um, but not when you've got your own stress brain and your baboon, mm. as I put it, sort of doing backflips. And I think it's interesting when you're used to having a career and being able to control a lot of what happens in your life if you sort of put your mind to it. And then some of us may have problems with getting pregnant, staying pregnant, giving birth. And it's such a traumatic time. And you just have this child to look after and suddenly you have no control. And I think that creates a challenge in itself, another pressure. And I love that you've spoken about it in that way, because even just today, actually, I had a a message um, uh, from from a mum and she's adopted her little girl. And she said to me, I'm struggling to bond and my husband isn't. And I feel, and I could hear, you know, I feel terrible. I feel, and we've strived so hard and we chatted and I said, it's okay. Mm. And the thing is, is we all have those moments where we feel that disconnect and you've, you know, she's had a sort of layer upon layer of of, um, challenges to overcome in terms of the adoption process itself. And then sometimes it's just because if we're not talking about it, then we kind of think, well, there's something wrong with me in that regard. Mm. No, there's not actually. It's just there's all these ebbs and flows. And we spoke and then I said, could you share that with some friends? Could you share it with the adoption agency? And she hadn't because she'd felt ashamed that she should suddenly be this, this amazing mom and there should be this bond. It's like, well, no, there's, lo- you know, there's lots of things that we can do to enhance that bond with our children. If you've got an adopted you know, if you, child, then there's all sorts going on. And she said exactly the same thing. She's 43. She's been used to life, you know, sort of lived at, you know, 100 miles an hour. And suddenly it's different. And, and I said, there's a whole loss process for you going on in that moment and so just acknowledging and being Mm. kind with ourselves but most importantly talking to each other that's what we would have done in traditional communities Mm. and we can say to each other oh yeah that's normal at that age and when they do that it can really annoy you and that's okay it doesn't mean so you don't love your child you know there's all sorts of challenges going on so I think enabling what I'd love to come out of the book is to bring us all together as a community dads and moms to say actually I'm finding this really quite difficult and for other parents to step in and say hey that's okay I went through that and I found this helped or that helped and by the way this is normal yes yeah absolutely um and for a book that is aimed at parents of not five-year-olds I mean both of mine are now teenagers and yet And yet this book has made a difference for me with my children. It's just, it's a case of, I don't want to give anything away from the book. People need to get the book and read it themselves. But it's a case of taking what they project to you and looking beyond that and not just reacting to how they're reacting to something. And that's a huge gift. Oh, I love that. I love it. And I did write it for, yes, I mean, Professor Peter Fonagy, who has endorsed the book, said, you know, it's perhaps the most helpful book for parents of children of any age. And yeah. and it is those principles. And as my children are getting older, I mean, I'm starting writing a second book now for 
the primary years but but even as like my daughter's you know coming up to 10 and uh, you know sort of veering into that sort of teenage the hormones kicking in the same principles apply as you say it's it's kind of looking at you know she might come in and look really annoyed about something and I think do you know what I know there's something else going on underneath that so I'm not going to take offense I'm not going to take it personally and I can sit with her in that moment and the gratitude from our children when we do that to sort of go okay you you're getting that actually there's something else going on here and it's lovely so I'm 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 so thrilled to hear that it's working for you as well and to understand that each child is different you know again before I had kids I thought that they would all be the same because I studied nature versus nurture at school and you know and I thought they would be identical but they're not and it's giving mm. them the space to be who, who they want to be you, you mentioned about your second book when are you doing one please <laughs> I'm almost begging here for I know I've got, teenagers. Yeah, I've got the teenage one coming um so well the, the, I'm, the I'm I'm thrilled to be speaking to you today because I've had a bit of a break I lost my voice um and um pretty much doing the audiobook actually and um with a cold and then I've just moved back into the little office, which is why the Wi-Fi is not as great and why I've had to have the door open. And I'm sorry about the sound in that regard. But um, so, yeah, but I'm back in my space and I'm so excited because I'm going to be starting to write really from from today once I get all my office back up and running. So, yeah, another book on the way. It's a little bit like having another baby because, you, <laughs> you know, the process of the last one was quite intense. So I'm like, oh, gosh, am I really going to do it again? But there's still so much more material and you know, more to say. And as you say, that behavior in terms of, you know, hormones coming in and the teenage element. And so, yeah, so there's a lot to say and I'm, I'm really quite excited. Oh, well, that, that's great. Is there anything that you've learned from writing the first book that almost if you could go back and tell yourself when you were writing that book that you can apply to this book? In terms of the writing process? Yes. Yeah, well, I i mean, I've learned a lot and had to learn it really quickly. It was quite a baptism of fire. Um, I, uh, I had a great sort of um, overseer in that regard as well, um, a colleague, Martin, who really helped me through the process and helped me to sort of structure how I was writing and when I did it. So I learned a lot from him in that mm. regard. So basically to sort of, there was so much knowledge. And when I was talking to him and he said, you've got to distill all of this down into sort of by, you know, simple chunks. So actually I would say, have faith that you can do it because obviously we do get those wobbles of writing again and thinking, my goodness, there's, you know, just, but I think I've done the hardest bit by doing the first one. So now mm. mind mapping is a brilliant thing that Martin taught me, which is you sit there and you think, right, what do I want in this chapter? So you just break it all down. And when you break it down, you think, all right, that's 2000 words, that's 2000 words. Mm. And it really makes you a lot more disciplined. So I think if I'm going to tell myself, and it's a good lesson today, as I start my first day back in the office, um, <laughs> is is first to have faith that I can do it because obviously you get the collie wobbles a little bit. Um, and secondly is to just distill it all down into those sort of smaller chunks. It all becomes more manageable. Um, and just to be organized actually is, is a really big thing. So yeah, to be organized. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Is there anything that surprised you about the publishing of a book? Because as you say, this is your first book um, that, that you have written and now it's published and it's out there. Have there been any surprises? No, I mean, it's been lovely, actually. It's been a lovely process. I had a great team um, at Little Brown Piatkus. They were, you know, really uh, you know, sort of in terms of a difference from news, because obviously news is very fast and it's all 
done by the end of the day, you know, you know, over in a minute. And and this was obviously a lot slower. Mm. Um, although I did write it in quite an intense period because they gave me quite a sort of tight deadline. Um, and um, so the next book will be slightly easier, I think, but still there's a deadline, I think. I mean, look, I'm good with deadlines. I have to be. That's my job. But yeah, I don't. I'm just trying to think what what has surprised me. I think I just, you know, looking at the book and having this, it's it's the first thing that I've done that's sort of totally mine. You know, mm. you, you you work for other people. You even though I've been freelance at times, but you know, you've always got somebody over overseeing. This was this was mm. I could just the freedom I think of being able to put in anything I liked. You know, if I thought something was funny, I'm going to put it in. No one's yeah. going to tell me it's not. <laughs> it just, I, and and the vision, you know, it, 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 to come up with a vision as I did and not have someone say, oh, do you know what? I don't think I like a lizard. Let's try that. It's like, no, this is my concept, my idea. And and I think that was quite liberating. It was just the freedom to, to say, this is what I think. And yeah. this is what's helped me. And I hope it helps other people. Um, but I just felt compelled to put it down on paper and to see it in print and to sort of touch this book and to and to see it being read by other people. You know, when people post on Instagram and say, right, I'm just sitting down with a coffee. It's it's yes. just lovely because I think of the children who are, are going to be better understood, not because their parents were doing anything wrong, but just because there was like maybe a communication mismatch mm -hmm. because we've all been taught in this rather Victorian sort of age of you know the old school approach can go out the window now parents can feel empowered and that's what they've been saying to me that they feel empowered to parent the way that they instinctively want to that's what gives me the biggest buzz because it's not me telling them to do something it's just going here are some of the tools that have helped me and and the information that's helped me and you know go off and be the parent that you are you know Yes. And that this is the book to do it. I'm telling everybody who knows someone who's pregnant, because I think, I mean, I was interested in what you'd say, but I think the best time to read this is before the baby has arrived. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would say, because we all know, don't we, that we think, oh, I'm going to sit there and the baby's going <laughs> to sleep all day. Yeah. And, you yes. know, little do we know. Um, I would say absolutely. And I think also there's a difficulty in that as well. I try to convey that without trying to sell, sound like I'm selling my own book. But I do think because obviously there's so much of you, oh, I've got the car and I've got this to buy and I've got the car seat and all of that mm. wonderful stuff that comes. Um, but I would say it's a really good book beforehand because it, I think it would sort of set people up on a you know, just give a really nice foundation, actually. And you can keep coming back to it. And I know people, you know, Joe Wicks has been a wonderful and in, in just sort of say, God, this has really helped me, this book. And he says, I keep going back. Look, it's really dog-eared. And that's what I want it to be, is to sort of hang around so people can just pick it up and say, hang on a moment, what do we need to do? You know, what do we want to do here? So, yeah. I mean, you've, you've done so much in your life already, you know, BBC broadcaster reporting from the front line, Strictly Come Dancing, published author what it is writing where you see more of your future I mean you're about to work on the second book but is that a path you want to tread further I love it I love saying I'm an author yeah. um just because it's kind of it's mine I had a baby um and um uh, a book baby I should stress um yeah it, I I'm obviously this is for a very long time the reason for doing strictly was to be able i'd been off for quite a long time um you know working very much part-time when i had my children and took quite a few you know and with careers as we all know you step back and and i thought 
I knew that I wanted to work in children's mental health and I'd already been doing my studying. And then I thought, well, if I do, when I was asked to do Strictly, I thought, actually, this time I'm going to say yes, because it will help me to talk about children's mental health, perhaps in a way that I might not have been able to do a few years ago when I was off screen a bit more. And it was just, it was just, so that was a, a move that I made, <laughs> utterly humiliate myself at the age of 48, going on in a dress that's no bigger than a doily and all of that. But it was wonderful to do as well. But there was a sort of a method in my madness in terms of going on to, to sort of leverage that yeah. um, you know, sort of that energy that came with Strictly. And I'm very grateful to that in that regard. And, um, but I'm, I mean, I start my studies again in a few weeks, I'm going to be starting my, um, uh, my diploma and then my, my master's in child psychotherapy. So I start my studies again and I'll be counseling on placement as, as we qualify it because I'm not fully qualified yet, but I work on placement as a counselor in a primary school. Um, and I do that by myself with the child in the room and then I report into supervision at the end of the day. So I am actually going to be counseling in a mm. practical way. Wow. So, um, so that for me, the hands-on has been, I mean, I've been doing that for the past sort of nine months and I love it. I absolutely love it. And so, yeah, I think writing and studying is going to be where it's at, but there's lots of other plans for podcasts and potential TV, you know, format of the book, you know, who knows it's, there's, mm. there's a lot that can come, but you know, step by step, I've even been asked actually about a school's program because teachers have been writing to say, gosh, we, we would like you to come on an inset day, um, which again is a lovely compliment. So let's see. Gosh, well, there's so much potential and uh, I'd better leave you to, to get writing because I can't wait for book two. Kate oh. Silverton, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Well, that was very interesting, wasn't it? Crikey. Thank you to Kate Silverton, author of There's No Such Thing as Naughty. Now we come on to Bullet Train by Kotaro Aizaka. Now, this is translated from Japanese. I thought I needed some translated fiction, don't you know? Actually, the truth of it was I was on holiday. This was before I had my little moment, my little accident. And we were in this town called Chipping Norton, which I had thought. Now, if you live in Chipping Norton, I'm going to apologise now. But I thought I'd been told that Chipping Norton was one of the nicest little towns uh, in the Cotswolds. So went there for a day out with the family and I was disappointed. And I'd heard about this um, bookshop that has a cafe in it. So my cunning plan was to get there and say, oh, gosh, look, there's a cafe. Why don't you, rest of my lovely family, sit and have a drink and something to eat? And, oh, shall I just have a look in the bookshop while you do that? That was my cunning plan. We got there. The cafe, of obviously and understandably with COVID, everything's changed. But the cafe was sort of outside and um, there wasn't as much to Chipping Norton as I had thought there would be. That's my polite way of saying it. So, um there was a Cafe Nero. The kids said, please, could they go and buy something clearly with a thousand calories that costs a thousand pounds from that? Yes, off you go. So I said to my husband, oh, you go with them and I'll just pop into the bookshop. And my husband said, oh, no, I'll come with you. So my husband is not as much a book person as I am. And I was concerned that he was coming to supervise the quantity of books that I was acquiring. And uh, we got in there. It's quite a small bookshop. It's lovely. Quite a small bookshop. It's definitely my favourite place in Chipping Norton. That's for sure. Um and they've got these piles of different recommended books. So I thought, I love that. So it's something a bit different that you wouldn't see on every high street. You get some different suggestions. So I said to my husband, oh, there's some cycling books over there, thinking, well, that'll occupy him. But he was, I could see I had like, I don't know, 60 seconds to go. So it's like one of those supermarket sweeps. You've got 60 seconds to find some books. So I did do a bit of a grab and run. Oh, uh, Yeah, OK, I did pay for them. I didn't run out of the shop. But it was a case of, right, 60 seconds without someone saying, what, do you want that book? Do you? Not that he's like that. He's very good. Um but uh, I certainly felt the pressure. So one of my panic buys was this bullet train. Um, the blurb on the back, sorry, just bang the computer. The blurb on the back, soon to be a major motion picture. Five killers board a train in Tokyo. Who will make it to the last station? So I thought that's very interesting. Um, and then I read the first sentence, which is, which is short. Tokyo station is packed. Um, and it's a, it felt like quite a big book. I mean, it's 420 odd pages. I was keen to read this. I got into it really easily. I loved the, I mean, I don't read a lot of Japanese fiction. I've got to be honest. I think I need to read more. Um, but oh, I got into it quickly. I like the different characters. I like the sense of humour. It reminded me a bit of books written by Will Carver, like the Beresford, those sort of books, where it's it's quite um, it's quite dark. There's a lot of sort of violence, but it's a lot of it's funny violence, which is strange to say. 
But about halfway through, I just thought this is taking me ages to read. It's one of those books. You just don't make the progress. And for me, that's a clear sign that I'm not enjoying it as much. Um, I like the characters. I like the story to begin with, but I just felt then that there wasn't as much of a story as it went on. So it's definitely one to talk about. Oh, here's my translated Japanese uh, thriller. It turns out he, the guy wrote this 10 years ago. It's taken that long to come to come across. Um, but I thought the cover of this train speeding along, I like the style of it. Um, I would be intrigued to read more. So it's certainly I'm recommending the book, but I'm not recommending it to, to you as a guys. You know, you have to go out and read this book immediately and you're going to tell me that it's the best thing you've ever read. No, but it I read it th through Um and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my absolute shoot the stars out favourite. Uh, so now we go on to Claire McIntosh and her book Hostage, which came out fairly recently. Um, this is the blurb. The atmosphere on board the first nonstop flight from London to Sydney is electric. Celebrities are rumoured to be among the passengers in business class and the world is watching the landmark journey. Flight attendant Mina is trying to focus on the passengers instead of her troubled five-year-old daughter back at home or the cataclysmic problems in her marriage. But soon after the plane takes off, Mina receives a chilling anonymous note. Someone wants to make sure the plane never reaches its destination. They're demanding her cooperation and they know exactly how to get it. It's 20 hours to landing. Anything can happen in 20 hours. So let's go for the first sentence. Well, the first sentence is very short, so I'm going to do two. Executive decision made. There we go. Here's, here's the first two sentences. Stop that. You'll fall. A week's worth of snow had pressed itself into ice, each day's danger hidden beneath a nighttime dusting of powder. It seems like I have been reading quite a few aeroplane related thrillers lately. Uh, well, it doesn't seem to. I have been. Um, and... Uh, every time I hear a review of this book, people are raving about it. So I am going to be really cheeky and say I didn't enjoy it. Uh, personally, for me, I mean, I love Claire McIntosh's book. So this is probably just me and everybody else will love it. It seems to be, as I say, from the reviews. But I found there were a lot of characters and I found it didn't grip me as much as... Um, some of the other books like Falling that I've recently reviewed for you. So I think it was just bad luck coming at the end. Maybe if you read this book first, then you'll enjoy this one the most. It does seem that we haven't had plain related thrillers for some time. And it's maybe it's a shame that they're all coming at once. But you can't help that, you know, that books take years, you know, one or two years to plan through the process. So you don't know exactly what's going to be coming out until it's probably too late. Um, but I think Claire McIntosh is such an accomplished writer and I'm not trying to be difficult, but I didn't like it. I'm sorry. It wasn't for me. I ended up speed reading the end of it just because I wanted to get to the end. I, I just lost interest in it, which is terrible, isn't it? So I sound all very down now about that. Um, but I've got to be honest with you. It wasn't it wasn't my favourite, but Everybody else in the entire hemisphere is loving it, so I'm sure you will. The next one is called The Supreme Lie. I got this in a book box some months ago, and when I read the blurb, immediately it was on my, oh, I would really like to read this as soon as possible. Um, the blurb is this. Uh, 
Fifteen-year-old Gloria is made to Afalia's tyrannical head of state, Madame Suprema. When the country is hit by unprecedented flooding, Madame Suprema runs away, fearing she will be blamed for the crisis. To cover up this cowardly act, Gloria is made to step into Madame Suprema's shoes and is thrust into a world of corrupt and desperate politicians. As Gloria becomes aware of the forces toying with her every move, she must take decisions that could save or end thousands of lives, including her own. Um, let's get... Oh, it's signed. I didn't even realise that. That's very good. So there's some newspaper cuttings that go through it as well. Um, but let me read you the first sentence of chapter one. And the chapter's called Whether the Weather Will or Won't. In a mansion at the top of Preisto's highest hill, the maid Gloria sat on the stairs reading the newspaper while she waited for the visitors to arrive. Um, I did really enjoy this. I thought it, there's a dog in it which made me very nervous at times. Always, you know, don't like to hear things where dogs are in peril. Um, so that was that was a big no-no for me. But the book was great. I really enjoyed it. Yes, it's YA, but that's because it's written from the point of view of Gloria, who's having to face all these adults making very, very silly decisions. It's funny. It's moving. It's thought-provoking. It's different. And that's what I need. So, yeah, Supreme Lie by Geraldine uh, McCorian. Very good. Very good. Now, the last book. Hmm. I don't know why I picked this up because I haven't read any of Jane Fallon's for a long time. Worst idea ever. But I like the premise of it. Here we go. Georgia and Lydia are so close, they're practically sisters. So when Lydia starts an online business that struggles, Georgia wants to help her. But she also understands Lydia's not the kind to accept a handout. Setting up a fake Twitter account, Georgia hopes to give her friends some anonymous moral support by posing as a potential customer. But then Lydia starts confiding in her new internet buddy and Georgia discovers she doesn't know her quite as well as she thought. Georgia knows she should reveal the truth, especially when Lydia starts talking about her but she just can't help herself until Lydia reveals a secret that could not only end their friendship, but also blow up Georgia's marriage. Georgia's in too deep, but what can she save? Her marriage, her friendship or just herself? Um, let's go for the first sentence in chapter one, three weeks earlier. I'm going to do two sentences, actually, not the whole chapter, two sentences. All I want is something that's mine. I mean, is that too much to ask? Lydia dabs at the underneath of her eyes with the heel of her hand. Um, so, yeah, I got it because I love the premise of this book. I thought the the idea of trying to help somebody, a friend, um, by encouraging them on social media is a great idea. And I could equally see how it could get out of hand very easily. The book delivers that. Um, it's a, a light, easy read. Um I guess I, my problem with it was that I saw a lot of the the reveals before huh, before they were revealed, um, and so for me, you know, I like a big reveal, and I was disappointed with that. But I think actually the blurb gives too much away. I think if the, there hadn't been that blurb, I wouldn't have foreseen what was some of what was going to happen. Not everything. Um, so it didn't make me think, oh, my goodness, I've got to go out and read every book that Jane Fallon has ever written. But it did make me think, oh, uh, yeah, th actually, that was a that was a decent book. So maybe I'll, I'll read more. 
I don't want to give any more away. I'm just sounding a bit negative with the books this week, aren't I? I've got others to review for you that I'm really negative about. Maybe we need to have a negative week. So I just get them all over in the week. Don't tag any authors because I never tag an author where I haven't liked the book. Um, and uh, and we just get we just clear it out, clear, clear all that out and get on with some some good stuff. I think that might be the way to go. Anyway, obviously this week there are some good books. It's just the big names, the ones that you would expect to love didn't quite work for me. Um, but I think I've given you quite a selection there. So there's plenty to choose from. So you've got There's No Such Thing as Naughty by Kate Silverton and huge thanks to Kate for coming on. We've got Bullet Train by Kotaro Izaka. We've got um, Claire McIntosh, Hostage, The Supreme Lie by Geraldine McCorian and Worst Idea Ever by Jane Fallon. And as I say, I'm thrilled with the photos that I'm going to be putting on. Oh, go onto the Facebook group if you want, because I'll put a photo on there as well. Um, but yes, for once, we have a, a sort of a matching-ish selection of, of books. Well, it looks pretty anyway. But there we go. Waffling once more. Now, next week, we have a very different author coming on. You're going to be a bit shocked about that one. Um Nothing awful. It's not, you know, uh, a terrorist or anything like that. It's not uh, it's nothing like that. Um, but yes, it's going to be really interesting. I'm really looking forward to that. And hopefully I'll get some positive books to talk to you about. I'm going to go through my list and see when uh, when I do the the review of the bad books um, to get that to get that out of the way. But there we go. That's it for this week. I hope you're OK. Uh, keep going. Uh, get through this week and I'll speak to you very soon. Take care now. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.